Welcome back to Open Mics on the Two Track Mind podcast feed. I'm Liam Toms. With me, as always, is... Edward Crawley. Do you know what? I've always felt a little bit uncomfortable when I do this in your house, when I say here with me is... I feel like perhaps you should do the intro from here. No. No, 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 I'm, 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 no, it's not that I'm not keen. I just, I'm so used to you doing it now. I think to change the, uh, the format would, would freak people out. <laughs> Ready? It, Hi, welcome to the Two Track Mind, well, no, sorry. Welcome back to the Two Track Mind podcast feed. I'm Edward Crawley and as always, I'm here with... Liam Toms. Weird, isn't it? I, you know, I think if they heard your voice first, they might be concerned that something had happened. <laughs> like, maybe I was unavailable or... Um, otherwise engaged I don't know imagine uh, this um, hi guys um, just be on my own um, Liam couldn't make it uh, it's just um, lots of on this days <laughs> and a shit lyric uh, but there has been a slight change in that we are sat at a different table because in the time since we last recorded here you've basically refit the whole of your uh, downstairs your house yeah, this, we're in the new kitchen, just waiting on door handles. But yeah, we are. You're on my island. Yeah, and we're higher up than we usually record. It's nice, isn't it? Yeah, it feels more like a studio. Yeah, you what you said, um, almost like a Radio X XFM type. Well, it was when sketch you said you were going to we stand up. Well, I, I might stand up. I still might do that when okay. when some of the segments kick in and I get right. a bit excited. Excellent. <laughs> okay, well, before we get on to oh. that sort of, who's that? Quick. Call the police. On this day in 1989, Ozzy Osbourne threatened to kill his wife. <laughs> what, a, what a start to proceedings. I was about to say before we get started on all the fun, but um, I think you stole that moment. Uh, no, but seeing as we're too hot to handle because the police have just shown up, why don't you uh, all remember to check out where you can find us. Perfect. You segued right back into where I was going to go. Um, yes, the, that little bit at the beginning where we have to say all of the, uh, the important notices, such as you can find our playlist on Spotify, Two Track Mind, Ed and Liam's Infinite Playlist. If you search that, you'll find how, it. How are you looking forward to the playlist after this episode, knowing that I know one of the subjects? <laughs> so, <laughs> the Infinite Playlist, yeah. based on tracks that we say... yeah. How are you feeling about it based on what you know we're talking about today? Uh, I'm feeling good. There's some great songs. But there's going to be a lot, isn't there? Yeah. 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 Well, that well, doesn't bother you? No. All right. No, the more the merrier. Those of you keeping track on episodes to song ratio, um, your graph's going to look a bit different after tonight. <laughs> this could be a big one. Um, what else is there? Uh, of course, the Brain Trust. Uh, if you want to get bonus episodes and other such things. There's two now, isn't there? There's a two uh, to start with, and there'll, there'll be more. Um, then you can go to twotrackmind.uk or find it on uh, Facebook. There's a Facebook group. If you find the uh, Two Track Mind Facebook page, click through to the group and you can join us on there. And always you can find us at two track mind pod on twitter and instagram there we go i think i've ticked everything if i haven't we'll have another round of it at the we'll, end we'll tell you to like and subscribe um Do you know, I, was, I was thinking about that that is i don't know whether that's more of a youtube thing I was what, the subscribe? The yeah i think we've both been saying that but i think like and subscribe is a uh is a youtube thing because they like the videos don't they don't you well can you can like, rate all right so rate, if you if you can one. rate yeah. and if you rate leave, and subscribe obviously the offer still stands um there's now four people uh coming to the bar for the free pint i'm gonna up it i'm gonna get wow. two pints for a review and you can I now might write one. 
Yeah. Oh, that's a big night out for me. Two pints. Yeah, yeah. You can have all four cans. That equates to if yeah. uh, if you'd prefer a can or four bottles, uh, and that is costly with today's prices. But Acast, uh, I know we always bang on about Acast because that's what we listen to our podcasts on. But you can now rate on Acast, so. You know, it does help get us, um, however it works, the algorithms and if you what you like compared to, you know. Yeah, it, it, it all helps. We're not asking you to pay or give any money. This is a totally free podcast, but if you can rate and leave a review, that would be much appreciated. Good stuff. That is all the important housekeeping out of the way. Let's get into the music. What have you been listening to since we last spoke? Well, weirdly, your list is... Normally you've got a couple, but normally I tend to be the ear binger because of my work and stuff and having my headphones in at work. Ear but binger? That, I like that. That's good. I've just had that rolled off the tongue. <laughs> um, so I'll start with a couple that you didn't... Uh, well, no, actually, we've discussed them, sort of. I'll start off with a random one that just came up on my release radar for some very random reason. First Aid Kit. Don't know a lot about them. I think they're an all-female band. But they've done a cover of Willie Nelson um, on the road again. Ah, it was a cover, was it? Because I, I did listen. You told me to check it out and I did have a listen. Um, yeah, I'm guessing it's been done almost in an ironic state. They can't wait to be on the road again. Makes sense. And it's a really good cover. Um, I'm yet to go out and check out any of their other tracks. I've heard of them. I, I don't know why I've not checked them out, but I was really, really impressed with it as a cover. Really like the way their vocals sound together. I think well, I thought it was cool. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. Something that you had picked up on was um, Japanese House. Mm-hmm. This particular p- particular track features Justin Vernon, and it's a song called Dion. Um, a female artist, fronted band. I think she's got a band that she plays with, but she plays synth guitar and sings in it. Her name's Amber Bain. It's sort of pop electronica. And I, I, funny enough, when I heard it, I did think of you because I thought, I wonder if this has come up on your release radar because of Imogen Heap, because I got quite a bit of an Imogen vibe from her. But I uh, know. Um, I uh, got into them last year. Oh, right. Yeah, the, her, the, her their album that came out last year was probably one of my favourite albums of the year. Yeah, it just came up. That was in the Friday Weekly thing that Spotify does, so that wasn't specifically designated for me. I swear to God, out of about... 40 tracks I heard over the last couple of weeks. Um, well, since Friday, so not a couple of weeks. Three. I, put, I, I literally listened to the whole way through. Three of them. Some of it. Like, and this is from the, um, the Discover Weekly thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's and interesting, isn't it? Because we were talking on the last episode about giving that more of a go. <laughs> and yeah. I, I, well, I did try and give yeah. it a go. But the amount of skips I had to yeah, do. I don't think it's that good at predicting what you're going to like, unfortunately. But I'm, I was pleased to hear that you liked that song. Oh, I think it's a great track. I had it on, on my Bluetooth speaker earlier, playing I, for the I boys. I think is it, it's hard to tell sometimes with Spotify now. I mean, we, we did sing their praises a little bit last time. Uh, but there is this awkward thing they do where a song will get released and then they'll bundle it with the other new tracks that have been released recently. Yeah, I yeah. get why the artist does that. It's because it doesn't cost any more when you do it, when you distribute it yeah, digitally. Yeah. But I'm not sure whether that uh, track Dion is part of an EP or not. Yes, yeah, an EP. Because they've bundled tra- it with, a, three with a few more. Yeah. One of them that's on there, I'd say is perhaps my favourite of the Japanese House's tracks so far, which is um, uh, Something Has to Change. I will tell you now if that 
hit my if I listen to that because I listen to the 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 latest release is called Chewing Cotton Wool. That's right. Yeah, that's what they and yeah, do. sharing beds. Something has to change. Dion and Chewing Cotton Wool. Yeah, something has to change is, is fantastic. I think that's one of my yeah, favorite I, songs I of the year. Yeah, I don't think. I think I liked all the EP. But go uh, back and listen to the album, because you'll really like it. Yeah, I will. It, yeah. it is a bit like Imogen Heap. Um, they are on the same independent label where 1975 came from. Yeah, so um, uh, that uh, upon reading it, he found them. He sort of was... Matt Healy was the, the guy who said, you should check these I guys them. out. They opened for them when they played the Beck a few years back, and I didn't go. Yeah, and then Matt, I think I looked back and saw, and I was like, oh, shit, I could have... Yeah, he was a big ago. champion of them in the early days. Um, yeah, they're great. From what I'm... Um, no, Maybe so You're the Reason. That was the, the big lead single off the album. Oh, was it? That's really good as well. Oh, good. Um, what was the other ones I brought to the table? So, I've got... It's really awkward, actually. Um, because I've got a set of shit lyrics. Um... But also, I like the track. I think I might know which one it is. Yeah. Uh, a lot of nine-fingered boys in the village. They haven't got much choice in the village. Model car, model wife, model village. Model far, model right, model village. They ain't too friendly in the village. There's a tabloid frenzy in the village. He's not a racist but in the village. Got a drive hut cut in the village model low crime rate in the village model race model hate model village got my head kicked in in the village there's a lot of pink skin in the village hardest man in the world in the village he ain't got with every girl in the village take flight take flight model village and then it goes on to another bit which goes i beg your pardon i don't care about your rose garden i'm listening to the things you said you just sound like you're scared to death um, you were hesitant to almost include it in that segment. Is that because you you kind of know that it's meant to be a bit tongue in cheek? Well, yeah, that's their style. That's their bit... style, isn't it? Um, yeah. Now, so uh, so this is idols. Uh, this is idols and their new single, Model Village, and they are obviously last year's big thing. Every it seems like every member of any community whatever you want to call them well, tribe did community. they finish the year playing um alexander palace yeah headlining it yeah which is huge that's like ten thousand kappas i mean I, when i was um <laughs> in those distant days of working in an office um they were on radio six uh six music sorry uh every day of the week yeah yeah, yeah. and i don't i do, you know what i've heard i don't mind some of it Interestingly, I, when I was listening to it earlier on, because I, was, I, was, I wondered um, what your thoughts were going to be on it. Um, uh, obviously, we don't talk about all this stuff in advance, because otherwise it would be pretty yeah, dull yeah, for, no, the, I, for the I, record. I, the whole point but, um, is I like to hear. Yeah, I, I, I was listening to it, I was thinking, it's not many miles away from what I was trying to achieve when we were doing um, our band County, County Trials. Trials. Yeah, yeah. It, it's kind of like... Snappy. Yeah, sort of modern social commentary. Um, That's what it is. But so I, I, a I bit d- like County Trials, musically, it ain't really for me. <laughs> well, so funny enough, they are. So the, the, I think this model village. There's definitely hints of indie in there. I really like the Dan out. There were, Dan out. Yeah, Dan. I thought it was more indie than other stuff. Yeah, yeah, heard. it's definitely more indie than it is. Less punk. Say a hardcore. Yeah, but it's that sort of. Um, in the same sense that, like Ian Drury and the the blockheads and stuff like that the the lyrics are almost 
it's not about rhyme or reason. It's just like, is a line, is a line. But I do wonder if it had me singing on it, would they be as popular? And the fact is, no, he's got a voice. He's got, yeah. like, when Frank Carter came out in Gallows, he had that raspy little shithead voice. And he was a bit like Gun Ho and looked like he'd maybe had a few Watson chops before he come on the stage. And I've watched the whole of Idol's Glastbury set and I was bloody impressed. But, yeah, they're creating almost their own sound, so fair play to them. But it is... Uh, they've got this thing where in, most, in quite a few of their songs, they've taken a little line from something. So, like, um, I beg your pardon, I never promise you a rose garden is a nursery rhyme, I believe. And then they've got another it's, one of them. Um, no, that is something. Um, God, this might be the first time that I do a uh, drop in what the, what the song is. Uh, it's, it's a country song. Is it like Dolly Parton or something? Quite possibly. But then they've got another one, which is these boots are made for walking and that's just what they'll do. One of these days, their boots are going to walk all over you. But they yeah. do, these boots are made for what? Stomp or... And they change it to stomp. And he's, you know, there's a few lyrics where it's like a uh, repeated of a film title or something like mm. that. It's very clever. And unless they were doing it well, it wouldn't work. So I'm certainly not saying they shouldn't be doing it like this because, Christ, some of my, some of my favourite songs are so simple. So, you know, I love... In, like, there's a few instrumental tracks I'll whack on because I love them. Not everything has to be bloody R.E.M., you know, with the most insane imagery and stuff. Um, but, yeah, so when I first heard it, I was like, I don't like it. And I liked it more than I thought I was going to. And then I've heard it now about five times because I've heard it a lot on the radio. And I have gone now, I get it now. I see why it works with the model village. It's the repetitiveness and it does get stuck in your bloody head. Mm. I'll be interested to see what the album's like. They've got a couple of tra- other tracks from the album which I've heard and they're all sounding good. But I think there's still, you know, they're obviously, they're probably going to be a Three Nights at Brixton band at some point. They are going that way. And I suppose in the sort of punk scene, if you want to call it that loosely, it's great for that. You know, and if they can take a few bands on tour, it's going to be very beneficial. Um, yeah, I like, as I say, I, I like what they're doing without actually enjoying it personally. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, and then one that, well, actually, we both picked up on, but was on our list is um, Mad Caddies. Yeah, now this um, I really liked, which I thought was a cover, and it's not, and it is. Oh, his his voice is insane. In- yeah. Do you know what I thought with this? I, I thought, you know what? It, it sort of renewed my respect for Mad Caddies in a way because they came out of the same era of um, third wave ska yeah, punk. Yeah, yeah. They could quite easily just do, you know, fast punk with some horns. Yeah. Um, but they've never felt restricted to that. And they've done various things over the years. Like they've done like swing they did some weird piratey stuff yeah which wasn't um, as good they've done reggae but even when they do the reggae like, they don't fall into that trap either and this was kind of like a more sort of like rock and roll kind of like brassy sort of affair yeah um, i really enjoyed it the heart of the yeah. you can imagine clicking your fingers with maybe like some backing singers do you know what, what quite often happens is um when i'm listening to stuff on uh on release radar I already I make my mind up in advance whether it's going on to my short list like my my, my list of like new tracks I put it on I was like I don't think this is going to make it I like Mad Caddies I respect them they're here because I've got other songs in my library but I yeah, don't yeah, think yeah. It, and I was like no this is a this is a winner I really enjoyed yeah, it yeah I've, I've 
that so th- that release radar would have been last week, I think. Yeah, because I think we're covering the last few weeks, aren't we? Is he uh, waiting for the real thing? Yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah. And I, I really enjoyed it, but I really liked the last album, not the covers album, the, the album before, which you weren't. I'm a bit behind on. Yeah, I think them. you should. If you like that, I think you should definitely go, go back and check out the last album. Um, but I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. I really love it. it. But I, I'm so That's taken by him. I've heard him on a podcast. He's the nicest bloke. Lives on a farm. Bit of a carpenter. Just goes off and sings like that. It's yeah. Such a beautiful voice. Oh, he's a good festival band. They're great. I, at yeah, Slam I don't think year. he's doing anything pretty iconic as a frontman. I don't think he's going to have his face on a t-shirt like Milo from The Descendants. But he just they, what they do is just like you said, just solid. You know what they they choose to do it, and they seem to musically do it as well as they do yeah. anything. Um, but I'll you know I'll let you lead the rest because you oh we could discuss Lincoln Park. Yeah, um, and I want to know how you felt listening to it. Did you ch- uh, did you listen to it in full? Uh, yeah, I think I may have heard it years ago, back when yeah, so it, it came out. I, I, 15 or something it was first or something yeah. like that no I, I, I think it might have been floating around as like a mp3 sorry, no, no sorry I've, if I had my other book it was like nine. we're talking like 2005 I think the first demo oh, I was, thought it was I, for me I'm sure there was a demo of it floating around around the time of hybrid theory because it's been it's been released as part of the 20th anniversary yeah, yeah. I've, um, I've got the original date when it was first somewhere and uh, yeah I, I recognised it so that was that was part of the weird thing is that I probably hadn't heard it for getting on for like two decades. So obviously it was quite strange to hear Chester's voice again, um, but more strange that it was like it was sort of tapping into some distant memory that I'd had of actually hearing it before. I may be completely wrong. Yeah, no, it, it may be definitely released before. It was been leaked before, right? Y- yonks ago, around the time of Hybrid Theory, but this yeah. is the first time they've released it. Okay, properly yeah, yeah. but no I really enjoyed it it was it was kind of like it was sort of that essence of what I really liked about Hybrid Fury so that was quite cool one to of hear the that. sort of latter tracks where yeah. it sort of dips yeah yeah I thought I, I got a bit upset thinking yeah. about it did you listen to um, the the My December track they, that they did around that time as well Yes, like I remember. I think you might yeah, put it on a disc. They're slightly depressing time. Christmas song where it's not. Yeah, Christmas yeah, yeah. Song, yeah, yeah. Um, it it was similar to that in style. Yeah, it's atmospheric, isn't it? Yeah, but it's it, good. I, yeah, just I felt a bit emotional. Listen, I was like, oh my god, this is mad. This is before. Funnily enough, when it came on, it made me think. Oh crikey! So yeah, twentieth anniversary. Should we do some sort of? Uh, 20th anniversary episode but then I remembered we actually spoke quite a bit about Hybrid Theory when we did that um, debut debut of the 2000s that classic um, which you can go back and listen to if you root through the the podcast listing but it made me listen to the album again Um, I would have anyway it regularly appears at some point in every couple of months I'll check it out I did did sort of window shop the vinyl packages that they're doing for the the reissue there's some cool stuff I got the record stick yeah I've got it as well oh did you yeah we got it the same day yes yes Um, Um, so I don't need to rebuy it but for a collector it looks really cool um, but yeah pretty much oh hold on a second born on this day in 1987 Oh. The same year we oh, were yeah. born. Um, Spencer John Smith. Who is Spencer John Smith? He is the drummer from Panic at the Disco. Oh, is he any more, though? 
I think he. I think it's just I him think and he might have left. Yuri. No, I think he's gone. Well, let's change it to in 1971 then. Uh, the Grateful Dead former manager would have been stealing seventy thousand dollars from the band, <laughs> and the article on this day doesn't even put his name. Well. So <laughs> he's he's back in the limelight for on this day, and they couldn't even drum up his name. Uh, what was the headline? Ungrateful bastard. Un- the ungrateful. Well, he's probably. Well, I don't know yeah. if he's dead so now. It was, but it wasn't ungr- a great joke. Yeah, but what got me thinking about briefly was: Do you think there'll ever be a touring band which attracts people to go to every show? Grateful Dead were one of those bands where I remember watching an auction program and someone had a Grateful Dead bus. And it wasn't what they toured in, it was what fans toured in. There was like this collective of like 20 fans yeah. and it was kitted out and they would follow the Grateful Dead wherever they went. They're all fucking just druggies. None of them had jobs, oh you know, basically living off heroin. And But this bus sold for like $100,000. Because <laughs> there was still some substance <laughs> in the boot. <laughs> no, because it was such an iconic piece of history. Like Grateful Dead never really came over here. I don't, they're never as big as like, in the UK as they were in America. I think over there, they were this iconic sort of band. Can you think of any bands that people would do that for today? I've got some friends that do pretty much every Less Than Jake show in the UK. All right, yeah. But of a volume where they're doing like arenas and stadiums. Like, right. Would Bruce still attract that sort of thing? <sighs> I, I think he know. would if he did like a Manchester. I bet there'd be fans who did all, all well, there's five. A, there's games. a call. Have you been to every gig from any band? Please contact us. Well, you have. Um, yeah, that's a good point, actually. I've done every UK rehasher show there's ever been. And funnily enough, I'm wearing the T-shirt today. I did the whole of a Less Than Jake tour once. How many dates were there? Six. Right. Continue. They were all in the same venue. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, oh, and we. The ones that I did is with you. And we didn't travel. We just stayed in London for the week. Good times. That concludes this week's uh, Less Than Jake segment. <laughs> Speaking of my all time favourite bands, you had uh, Motion City Soundtrack on there as well. And that's a track that I forgot to. Yeah, it's like mention. a month old now. Or yeah, so yeah. So um, that, we should I don't about know that. how we haven't mentioned this. It should have came up on the last discussed one. Discussed it. Just together. What's it yeah. called? Crooked. Crooked. Uh, crooked ways. Crooked ways. Um, I think possibly because the initial excitement of oh, new track was kind of dampened a bit by no, not new track, old track from um, probably about uh, nearly ten years ago. It's um, I don't know if you read it. It's a song that they submitted for Twilight. So when obviously the Twilight films were coming out and you had a Def Cab song, that didn't explains you? the art. Uh, Paramore one. Would. And I can't remember what the other one was as well, but they had submitted this for the soundtrack and it didn't get included. So they've been sat on it for years. And maybe... Had you got... heard it? No, never heard it. Okay. Um, but when I was listening to it, I was like, this is a really odd time for them to put this out and an odd choice of track because it's quite a chill kind of... But um... it does pick up. Yeah, yeah I guess I, I read one comment on something saying, oh, great, you know not impressed it's like but but then i read the backstory and i was like okay so it's a new track for people's ears but it totally makes sense to drop it just a gap filler yeah i i wonder whether there was some sort of um time period on it that they couldn't release it because 
quite films just and maybe, in case there was a yeah. DVD commentary or soundtrack, oh, you know. God knows, there's all sorts of... Um, but I liked it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I really liked it, it. You know, it sounded like a later in the album track. Um, and it, yeah. sound, it sounded like stuff from the Go album era, which would have been probably about that right time, 2012. Um, a track that I'd heard um, that you mentioned um, was Miley Cyrus' Midnight Sky. Oh, I, I purposely listened to it. And to be fair, I, I often give Miley a, a chance, but I purposely did listen to this because I know how much you loved uh, Side Away from yeah, last year totally different than that yeah yeah it, and it's the first song that she's released since that and I wonder whether it's going to be in a similar vein coinciding with a new haircut yeah a uh, new style the, reinvent the, herself the mullet yeah <laughs> um, what did you think yeah I really enjoyed it uh, I spent the first part of the song trying to think what it reminded me of and I think it's first album Heim it's got oh, that right. sort of like um, kind of early, early 90s vibe yeah yeah it. but her voice like there's a bit here it, it, I, I actually wrote, I wrote this down incredible gritty vocal I wrote in the later part of that he song ha- he's not written that down he's <laughs> typed it I've got typed notes from uh, when we was last year to do open mics but it didn't happen for whatever reason uh, and then I've got some handwritten notes over the top uh, if anyone would like this um, you're quite welcome to we're it. happy to sign it uh, it's going in the recycling bin if not um, of course well before after you've used the back of it yes uh, there are people wasting paper in the world which I hate <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, I, her vocal is just incredible. Like, probably spent what a- I like, I don't, depending on how much you've you've gone in with Miley, there well, was a point that she that almost much, lost that. I'm I'm going to sh- assume sort of Texas area, sort of accent. Yeah, kind of country. Yeah, western kind of, type. There was a there was definitely a point where that seemed to die down a bit, but she seems to have embraced that a lot more recently. I think maybe she's not being told to do as much. Obviously, there's yeah. two forms of Miley Cyrus. and who. Um, no, she's always been Miley Cyrus, hasn't she? And she was, uh, Hannah Montana. Was that her? That was, yeah, that was her. That was her character in the show. And I think she released music as Hannah Montana Yeah, she originally. released music as Hannah Montana and then um, Miley Cyrus. And obviously, in the early days, Miley was a bit different to what she is now and obviously there's been a hell of a lot of press coverage about her over the last decade well she kind of had that same trajectory that a lot of pop stars have had like they kind of start out squeaky, uh, squeaky clean then they go off the rails then she gets her baps out and then they come back around and they make good music and it's just like it's almost like a rites of passage that they yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah, have yeah. to go through and I think she's just hit this really nice balance now of she knows what she's capable of with her, with I her skill. She, I would like to and know what songwriters sort of songwriter she's got behind her as well, because they obviously deserve some credit. She well, may have... There's a nice little segue, because uh, I don't know that they're the songwriters, but her head of uh, production for touring is the frontman from American Hi-Fi. Which? Stacey Jones. Uh, and they've just released a new EP. This is so pro today. Uh, called Anywhere Else But Here, which is a covers EP. Um, and they've been slowly releasing some of these songs in, over the last few months. What did you think? Awesome. Enjoyed it. It's, I mean, it's a good it's a good selection of tracks. I mean, most of them are songs that we liked anyway. Yeah, yeah. Apart from uh, one, which I didn't know, <laughs> I still don't know who, who it was. What, I might need to just uh, consult with your notes a second. Um, fourth track? Uh, possibly. What's it called? Another Nail in My yeah, Heart. Yeah, I didn't know that Squeeze. Song. Ah, okay, yeah. So, but I only know unless, that unless it's up the because junction. I got obsessed with Squeeze for like a week. Right. You <laughs> um, were up the junction. Um, well, famously a song without a chorus, which I suggested as a... 
I said we could yeah, do maybe good. try and find yeah. five tracks out a chorus. Stepping out, you know. Brilliant. That, that was the first one they released. Great intro to an EP. Like, what a song. Yeah, and you know what? That is one of those songs that I did know, but it's just been in there in the background pretty yeah, much all my life. it comes on a local radio station yeah. every so often. But when I listened to the cover, I was like, oh no, this is a great tune. So it's I went back really and listened to the original, and I was like, it's given me a new appreciation for the original as well. But the cover works well. I, the rest of the songs, pointing to them, um, are mostly like uh, classic like rock yeah, for yeah, lack yeah. of a better term. That one is obviously uh, more of like a disco track. Um, it's so good. I think that one's my favourite because it's interesting what they did with it. The other covers are good, but they're more sort of... Um, I like, So, yeah, mine is... My favourite is the Squeeze track, and then that's my second. My least favourite, not that it's a damning thing because it's still very good, it's probably Oliver's Army. But I think that's probably the most expected... Yeah. When I saw the track name, I was like, I know what they'll do with this because you can't really do anything with it. Yeah, I don't know what you mean. Others have probably done it. Whereas before. our house, even by Madness, you know, there was a little bit, it was a bit more rocky. Yeah. Like there, there was a, you could tell it was American Hi Fi um, doing that. Whereas Oliver's Army was a bit more just straight. Closer to the original. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, yeah, it's good. It's a bloody good track, but it's not. But I, and funny enough, I really like I Don't Like Mondays, the Boontown Rats. Yeah, and that's that sounds quite different for a American Hi-Fi track. Like, they kind of slowed it down a bit for that one. Yeah, I, I, as an EP, I think it's a great... If, if yeah, that was solid. like a 10-inch release or something, I'd be buying that. Yeah. Like, I think they could do more with that. And for, you know, for bands not necessarily doing a lot of covers, unless you're Weezer... You know, it's nice to see another band coming yeah, out. Give it a go. But it, yeah, like the, but they're me. really good. They haven't just chucked them out. They're, they're clearly thought about. There's mm. clearly been time spent on them because they're they're wicked. It's a great EP. Yeah, as a, as a fan, I was really pleased. If but you yeah, like, that, if you like a cover track, I definitely even if you're not, even if American Hi-Fi haven't reached your release radar, I would go and check it out because they're not typically something I would listen to unless I put on one of our playlists. But I would definitely check out the EP. It's great. It's a really good EP. Good. I'm glad you enjoyed that. Uh, but yeah, Stepping Out was definitely my favourite. Sam made a really good point. We just talk, I think it came on whilst we were having dinner tonight. Um, and she said, it sounds like Maximo Park. And I was like, yeah, there is a bit Oh of my that, God. Yeah. It's, it does. It sounds just like um, uh, Our Velocity. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Which, um, put a pin in that. We'll come back to that song in a bit. Yeah. Uh, so you got you've got one more. What like, else have I got? I've got oh, I've got two more. Oh, sorry, yeah, you've got two. Actually, more. I've got I've got a bunch more, but we'll we'll, we'll get we'll get uh, through this um, quickly. So uh, all we are, who I've raved about before on mm-hmm. the show, uh, their album Providence finally dropped. Um, from the from the sound of the singles, it sounded like a bit of a change in style for them. It was a bit. The singles are bigger than what they normally put out. So have they got a two. Two guys and a girl. Yeah, and they predominantly they've got two vocals because they were shared yeah. in the in yeah. the single. They were shared, weren't they? Yeah, I, I mean, I was kind of expecting it to be quite different to the uh, the first album. This is the third. I, I completely missed the second one. Um, but what I'd say is actually the the singles are bigger than some of the tracks on the on the first album. But the other tracks throughout the album are probably still uh, pretty similar to what they've done before. But yeah, enjoyed it. Um, if you fancy like a bit different, it's a good listen. Yeah, I, I checked bits out of funk uh, and Providence, disco. And... Is it called? Yeah, I checked yeah, out that one track. I haven't done the album title track. No, it's good. Um, what else have we got? Oh, oh, I've been raving about doves 
to the last few yeah, weeks. So I, d- I didn't realise their last album gone. was like 2009. Yeah, they've been gone for 10 years. This is their, their big comeback. Well, it's great. That Cathedral... Yeah. Um, Cathedrals of the Mind, that's Carousels, the only track of, Prisoners. I, I, yeah, um, was it three tracks on that single? Or I don't know. I think it's that sort of thing where they just bunch them together. So the album comes out um, uh, next week, I think. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I am. Because... Uh, that, that was really the, good. The Universal Want. Look out for it in all good record stores and, of course, on Spotify. Um, um, the one other thing I just want to talk about uh, in terms of new music. Um, so Katy Perry's new album came out. Okay. I'm not going to talk much. I, I did see that it came I, out. I don't need to talk a lot about that because everyone knows who Katy Perry is. Uh, other than that, the title track uh, for Smile is probably one of my favourite Katy Perry songs of all time. And every time I hear it, I think, God, this would have been a good cover for us to do back in the day. But... That's not who I want to talk about. So, do you remember on the last episode, I said that um, I'd found an artist through just really weird means. I was going through Katy Perry's Wikipedia page, as as you do, yeah. just trying to read about the new album, because I, I knew that she'd done a few singles about a year or so ago, and I wanted to know like what the story was there, like why the album had been delayed. Yeah. So I was looking uh, through the wiki page, and there was a song that came out last year called Never Really Over. Um, and... I was reading it, and apparently, so there's there's an artist, another artist that's credited on it because Katie had heard this song uh, by this Norwegian pop star called, and I don't know if this is the right way, right way to pronounce it, but Dagny, D A G N Y, and she liked it so much that she said, "Can I borrow parts of your song?" Now you'll like this. This is my new favorite word. It interpolates. Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, basically means. Rips off. <laughs> no, it uses parts of what's in this original song. So I was like, okay, I want to go and listen to the original. So I went and listened to the original song and then fell down a rabbit hole of listening to this uh, Norwegian pop star who I'm now in love with. Um, oh, and God. <laughs> so Dagny, if, if by some chance you pick up on the, uh, the hashtag or the, the app mention for this episode, um, yeah, this is me uh, confessing my love for, for you on podcast. Um, I will put a song on the playlist uh, because if you're into stuff like I am uh, along those sort of uh, new age, modern, interesting pop uh, terms, then I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, Tom Clark, it's one for you. Oh, Tom Clark getting a shout out there. And who else is going to get a shout out? Well, did you get a ticket for, in 1988, the Human Rights Now World Tour? I didn't. I uh, tried on Ticketmaster, but the site crashed. Well, it, start, it started in Wembley Stadium. I'm going to read you the lineup. All right. The Human Rights Now World Tour. Bruce Springsteen. Oh, strong start. Was he the opener? No, he was the headliner. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. Before him, Sting. Before him, Peter Gabriel of formerly Genesis. You know, mm-hmm. he does the Sledgehammer. Sledge. And a couple of others. Yeah. Uh, Salisbury Hills. Yeah. Before him... Which I used to think was Salisbury as in um, the, the town of Salisbury. Is it not? No, it's not. It's, <laughs> it's a, a relatively flat place, Salisbury, I think. Um, <laughs> There's some hills. Before Peter Gabriel, Tracy Chapman, Fast Car. Mm-hmm. And before him... Um, oh, my God, before her... <laughs> uh, Yosu N. Do, who sang Seven Seconds. Seven... Seven seconds away. What oh, a yeah. lineup! Yeah, I know it. Yeah. What a fucking lineup that is. That is what, and how much for tickets? I don't know. Oh, okay. 
They'd probably be about 10 quid. But, sorry, so what was the fact? They, on this day in history... On this day, they would be playing Wembley Stadium in 1988. Uh, right, okay. Um, as a five-band bill for the hum- promoting human rights. Well, That's mad, though, isn't it? You wouldn't get that sort of tour now unless it was a festival. I don't even think you'd get that on the main stage at Glastonbury. Um, perhaps not that selection of people. Well, no, you might get Bruce and Sting on the legend spots. Well, Bruce would be headlining. Sting on the legend spot. Peter Gabriel might be on the other stage. Uh, yeah. Speaking of other stages... What? Madonna singing music in 2000. Her 10th number one featuring Ali G on this day 20 years ago. Well... Jesus Christ. <laughs> we are old fit? as balls. <laughs> Uh, what's what, the, what um, I was going to say the yeah. video was in a limo wasn't it that's right yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what I was going to say talking about other stages there's this uh, this Reading news that um, we were going to talk about we big, are big announcement yesterday obviously uh, it would have been Reading this weekend just gone uh, I didn't get around to watch any of the um, archive footage on, on iPlayer I did do the Glastonbury is it still stuff. on there Probably is. I'll watch so I may, it. may still get around to that. Uh, but I think a lot of them I'd probably watch before anyway. Nice to read. I've probably something. been there. You know. Yeah, yeah it might have been there. Um, uh, so they've announced they're going to have two main stages. And we were a bit puzzled by this. So I did go to our guy in the know, uh, Tom McLeod, who uh, works with bands and has been all over the world. Like, that's no exaggeration. And I said, how are they going to do it? And he seems to think, or he knows, he, that it will be side by side. So as one... And that's li- based on what other festivals have done. Yeah, and apparently Download now do this now. But I, I had no idea. Yeah. Um, but he said, where it, he said it seems to work really well because as one band finishes, there's literally five minutes and then the next one starts up. I can see the plus sides because you haven't got this half an hour changeover. And it must be great for the crew because the crew literally get the length of that set... But as a punter, say there was like eight bands on the uh, on the trot mm. that you were desperate to see. Where's your gap yeah. to go and get a drink or anything to eat or have yeah. a nap? Yeah, I used to quite like the down periods when mm. we went to Reading. Oh, we've got two hours before cap down. Come on, I'm going to go back, neck a couple of vodka and cokes, have a quick sleep and a bacon butty <laughs> in you that know, order. <laughs> you know, and then you'd walk back eating and drinking your last can get in the cap down and smash it. Yeah. You know, I don't want cap down to be followed by Mad Caddies, to be followed by Lesson Jake, to be followed by Real Big Fish, so I'm fucked. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think they're main stage bands, but I get what you're saying. You, well, yeah, yeah. You, um, what The thing that I wonder whether you would take issue with is how it would look visually. Don't like that. No, <laughs> do not. It's weird, isn't it, to be looking at just basically a wall of stage. I wondered if they'd maybe be at a slight angle. I just don't know. Because the people who are at the front for, say, Stormzy, mm. they're not then dead centre for yeah. Catfish and the Bottleman. Yeah. I, I talked about this before, didn't I? That um, when I saw Haim at Alexandra Palace and they had like another stage at the other side of the room and we all did this awkward thing where everyone just kind of like walked from where they were just to the other stage and then back to the other stage when they went back onto that one. And it only benefited the people that had spent the whole gig at the back yeah, because yeah, suddenly yeah. they were at the front. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really odd. Well, Slam Dunk did something last year with two of the stages. They were the smaller stages. Two of them were in a tent. So at one point, I was waiting for this band to finish, literally, and then busted 
came That's on. That's right, because I didn't realise that there was two in the tent. I saw the two that were outside. Yeah. And, and that then, was weird. And then the two that were outside, I was waiting for William Ryan Key before Milk Teeth came on. And even at that small scale, it was odd. It was an odd watch. Yeah, it was. But you, you rightly brought up this morning when we, we were speaking about this, um, about our experience of seeing this years and years ago at Earl's Court when they used to do Give It A Name Festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had both of the only two but stages. That was a main stage and a smaller stage, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and that looked odd as well. Because suddenly like, next to this massive stage... This little thing just lights up in the corner. And my only memory Kids is... Kids in Glass Houses. Kids in Glass Houses. Wearing white. All white, yeah. Covering Refused. Which was probably a good thing because you actually meant you, meant you saw them because they were almost yeah, illuminous. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, otherwise, I, they're just in this dark little corner. I'd, for me... And I, it got me thinking, I wonder, so I can't remember exactly who was meant to be headlining. I know Liam Gallagher was. Yeah, I got really confused. It's, I think it's Rage that's not now Yeah, Rage the aren't there now. So I think that's how Queens of the Stone Age are probably drafted in, because I think they had run the jewels. Right. Um, Disclosure, I think we're up there. Um, but I don't think Post Malone was on there. I do think Catfish in the bottom. I wonder if some of these were pre-booked for next year. Yeah. And they've had to honour a contract. A little bit. And they've had to say, well, look, here's the idea we've got. We've ah, seen other people do we've, yeah. we've seen other people do it. We think it's going to work. Technically, you're headlining, but you're not headlining because Liam Gallagher's coming on after you. Yeah. And I can't imagine it will let anyone go on. And do you think they'll be, it will be, do you think they'll maybe start the main stage at, say, two or three o'clock? I don't know. Because they can't start it at 12 and then have 20 bands play. That are all main stage calibre. Do you know what? The first thing that came to mind when I saw it was, it it made me uh, flash back in my mind to years ago, uh, Melvin Benn, the guy behind Reading Festival, saying that he was concerned about the lack of uh, future headline bands. Yeah? He he basically said, you can't put on the Foo Fighters every year, which is right. Um, yeah. so they've tried so, so, <laughs> yeah um, between all the festivals they, they pretty much do have one at least once a year somewhere um, so I wondered is this more a case of there isn't one definitive band to have headline but there's two bands that have huge following but couldn't just be on a main stage as a headliner by themselves. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, so 100%, it, because with all due respect to Disclosure, they are not a headline band. But no. Uh, and not, nor a Catfish and the Bottomman. No, they're, they're not the likes of Pearl Jam, Iron Maiden, um, the well, Pixies. Well, Post, Post Malone has already done it. He's already headlined Reading. I, th- I think oh, it was okay. 2019. Liam Gallagher, I'd argue he wasn't a headliner. I'd see him supporting a Foo Fighters. But I, or, back, en- or Enemy. Headline enemy. Yeah, definitely headlining enemy. Um, so the, the the they were meant to be. Well, here's here's the enemy stage for last uh, what should have been this year. Idols would have been co-headlining with AJ Tracy, who I've never heard of. But the headliners in the font of the band, as we used to call it, you had Stormzy, Liam Gallagher, Rage Against the Machine, and then below them, Migos or Migos, Jerry Cinnamon was the co-headliner on yeah, the Saturday. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Because we, we talked about... Um, and Cortinas. Like, and then Two Door Cinema Club, Run the Jewels, and, you know, All Time Lower on the main stage. Mm. You know, and then... Th- so, this that means they've added Disclosure, Post Malone, Catfish in the Bottom, and Queens of the Stone Age. So, I wonder if 
it was very likely that Post Malone and Queens of the Stone Age, possibly Catfish, depending on an album release, might have been their possible headliners it, for next year. Yeah, it must be a mad scramble for a oh, lot a of those. Oh, a fair place for them to, for trying, but I... You know, some, some of the smaller one. festivals like Slam Dunk and, um, you know, our, our local one, Teddy Rocks, like, have done a remarkable job of, of getting the exact same lineup, give really? or take. I think that's because a lot of those bands, there's a bit more flexibility. But as you say, there's probably agreements years in advance for some of these others. I'd love to know what it was costing them. Yeah. Because you're not, unless, this was the, my other thought, are they saying, we don't, we don't need a two and a half hour set from you? Stormzy, we're going to be happy with an hour 10, hour yeah, 20. Yeah, it could be something like that. And in which case, that's, you know, we saw Green, well, the year, we've seen Foos do two hours there. Hmm. You know, I've seen Green Day do Carry On. They did like, the year 50 Cent got bottled. They just suddenly, you know, they played for an extra like 35 minutes just to fill the time. Yeah. Whether that's, or not that was negotiated or whether they were up there and high on life and they thought, well, fuck it, we, we'll fill that time. Yeah, I mean, it could be, you know, obviously given that other festivals have started doing it, it could be that they planned to do this anyway. And they've just obviously yeah, they've, they've yeah. skipped this year. So I read now one comment saying, from what I've read, they're only doing this for, this year, for next year, yeah. which I'd love to know what they read. But interesting, you know. Obviously, like you say, like there's going to be people with albums that are booked in, you know, yeah, yeah, plans studio space yeah. and stuff like that. And, and well, actually, I'm doing a massive tour of my own. So they're going to lose bands, I it, guess. It, it is going to be a mad year next year. If we're in a position where, where we can get back to shows, it is going to be a crazy uh, year of making up for Do stuff. you remember on one of the first um, uh, distance recorded episodes we did, when we both said, I think you started it, it's ridiculous. Bands cancelling March, April tours and doing them in October. Yeah. Because that's come back to bite them in the arse. Yeah. Like the bands that are doing it for, say, October next year might have had their head switched on. Because I don't know what yeah. fees it costs them to cancel a tour again. I don't know. I think, as we've said before, I think it's all wrapped up in a lot of um, insurance policies and stuff. But... <sighs> It was tough at the time because it did sort of feel a bit like the harbinger of, of, of doom saying yeah, that yeah. It's, it's not going to happen this year. But I just thought even if, you know, things had turned around quicker, there still would have been, you know, it's, it's like right now that things are starting to get cancelled for later in the year where it might be okay to, to do it. Yeah. But the, the, the advance notice is going to be so slim. Look at the venues now that are able to reopen. So a lot of the small venues can reopen right now. They've not got anything lined up because yeah, yeah, yeah. because they didn't know that they were going to be opening in September or August or whenever it was they were allowed to open from. Um, and obviously, the other thing is the um, the capacity restrictions. This is it, yeah. What so, band wants to play? Like you'd look at joiners. Who knows? Every two meet. What band wants to come and play for fifteen people? Well, I think they worked out. I think the maximum they could have in there was like thirty-seven people. Oh wow! Which I've probably been to joiners when there's been less than I thirty-seven people. I have been to joiners when there's only thirty-seven. Uh, probably people. played to less than thirty-seven <laughs> people at the joiners. Um, speaking of which, worked out just before we started recording that the last gig I went to was um, was at the joiners in November. That was that a. Uh, Monkey uh, Kong show that um, was yeah end of November. I think so. Mon- I'm, that- I'm nearing a year with no gigs. So what would mine have been? Pop? I think you went to Future Heads, didn't you? A bit. Oh, in London, yeah. Yeah, that was nearer. Was that before or after Pup? Can't remember. That's I can't a good question. I think um, you had a couple that were later, um, because I should have gone to a couple in February, which I didn't for other reasons, for other health reasons. Um, so yeah, nearing on a year of no gigs. It's just so 
so weird. I've been I've been digging out a lot of um, like old photos I've been sorting through slowly throughout the year and just finding loads of just um, like videos of clips crying. That uh, <laughs> no, I end up crying. Um, loads of clips from shows that uh, if I'd looked at them at any other time, I'd have been like, oh, it was a crap clip that I filmed on my phone. But now I'm like, this feels like it's got some like value to it. I'm like, fuck. Get like, it on eBay. <laughs> About 15 seconds. They're, they're good Instagram fodder, but not much else. Yeah. Um, what else have we got? Uh, well, I, I, I had ha- a nice little segue, actually. So, speaking of um, oh. uh, Reading, we used to go back in the day where uh, the, the main stage would be full of indie bands. Oh, you want to do I was going to quickly chuck a little new segment in. Oh. What do you want to do first? Well, if I can... Oh, I've queued up some sound effects. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll tease them with the indie thing. <laughs> so it's sort Stick of two sound effects. Those of you who know the sound effects, it's a potential blast from the past, but also it's what I'm calling a potential perfect album. <laughs> is that That's the sound, is it? A yeah. gong. So I have... I had a thought to myself the other day and I was there thinking, is, how many perfect albums are there? It doesn't matter other than the track, but this, for, the, for the purpose of this one, it's 13 tracks, 40 minutes long. And I was thinking, is there, how many albums in our listening remit are ones that you could literally just say, I like every track and I think every track suits. And I've, my first one that I'm bringing to the table is from 2002. A jackknifed to a swan by the mighty, mighty boss tones. You wouldn't skip a track, no? It is a perfect album. The way it works, the way it runs, the way it finishes with um, Seven Ways to Sunday, the way it starts with the title of the, the album, A Jackknife to a Swan, and the way it goes into... And it flows, and then track four is like Everybody's Better, which is a bit more reggae, and then that picks up at the end. There's literally, there isn't, in my opinion, a bad track. There's not even a weak track. And that's what I'm after. I'm hoping you might be able to come up with one. And I think there's a band that we both enjoy and love, you slightly more so. They've got a perfect album. Um, They've been mentioned this evening. But yeah, go back and listen to it. Come back at me next Mm -hmm. time we do an open mic. But there isn't even a weaker track. Okay. I listened to the whole thing in full like yesterday this. to double check myself because I was like, nah, there's got to be one I would skip. There isn't. There's not one. This, um, this is very timely. Um, we were talking earlier in the week about uh, the fact that I have, we won't, well, maybe this is a conversation for another time, but I've called time on my CD collecting days. Yeah, Probably yeah, 10 yeah. years too late. Um, and we'll go into why I've been doing that at some other time. Uh, but with vinyl, uh, I tend to either collect a particular artist that's yep. one of my my all time favorite artists, and I'll I'll get everything that they've done on vinyl, or I go for exactly this perfect albums. I do have Jackknife to a Swan um, because I would agree with you that it you've is... you've got it on vinyl. Yeah, I oh, bought it at the beginning you... of this year. Yes, you did. Yeah, yeah is it the green one? That's right. Yeah, yeah. because it's a perfect album. I I do genuinely. That's a good point. Actually, it might be yellow. No, I think yours is yellow. Mine's green. Yeah. The artwork? Yeah. The the individual little bits of art for each track, yeah, like which was a cool style. thing that yeah. was done. I just it is a perfect album. There's no and I'm 
there'll be albums that people go, no, this one. Really listen to it and really think about the way it, it, it presents itself as it flows because they really put some thought. I'd love to know what it cost them back then. Mm, because that, that was technically a later album for them because they'd had their big album. It's possibly my favourite album by them. I think Let's Face It is a great album. Yeah. And they've got other great... Uh, Devil's, um, Devil's Night Out, I think, is a cracking Scar Punk album. But Jackknife is... I remember when it came out, like, we were... It was massive back when we were, like, uh, kids, like, cycling to Paul and what. It's huge. It's such a great I like album. That. I like that. I like that um, segment. But, yeah, it's a perfect album. Okay. So, I'll, yeah, I'll yours... This is a segment I want you to now take the... The, it is difficult. You're gonna to have to have a think, and then I want. <laughs> I've be, got a few in mind. <laughs> I want you to be cruel, though. Okay. Because I, I was thinking of Green Day. I was thinking of other acts, and I was there thinking. Okay. And I even thought of Linkin Park Hybrid Theory, but there's a few later ones which. Eh. I will add a, another dimension to this. Okay. I will give you as well as a perfect album. I'll give you a imperfect album, which is an album that I would say is perfect. Other than one or two tracks. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I'll come up with two next time. All right. Think of any off the off. No, in fact, let's not. Let's. It's a. I, but yeah, I just the whole album's so dynamic and like obviously Dicky Barrett's vocals are iconic, and it does work. But like honestly, the way it ends and the way it starts are as massive as all the middle track. And I, I'll be done with that segment now, but it's, <laughs> it's technically a blast from the past, but also it's a perfect album. Quality. I in like my that. opinion. I like that. Um, so what was the indie thing I teased? Uh, Vice, those snarky bastards, they have written an article <laughs> about... <laughs> and I don't care who knows that I think that. They we'll are, probably be on a YouTube video now by them. <laughs> <laughs> They, they, well, they, that's kind of their style, isn't it? They, 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 they've taken it and owned it. And, uh, and they've kind of gone almost sort of full circle. It's this, this article that they've written is snarky in a way that they're almost poking fun at their own uh, style of music yeah. journalism. So it's about, they've put together a top 50. Uh, fair enough, I'd have gone top five personally, but uh, if you want to do 50, <laughs> crack it on. Our style was five, but sure, you've got more time. Top again. 50 would take a long time. Yeah, uh, it's certainly been on record. You're right, they've been like a 10 parter. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, it's top 50 landfill indie tracks. Now, on the surface, this makes it sound like they're saying indie tracks that deserve to be chucked into landfill, yeah. right? Actually, reading further into it, like you, we should do, properly reading the article on my second read-through, um, it refers to a time, almost like new metal or, uh, I don't know, um, <laughs> give us another emo um, post-hardcore, yeah. ska um, punk. It refers to a, an era in music, and they're referring to the sort of 2005 to 2010 uh, years of indie, where it had a bit of a resurgence. Uh, but the the term was coined because a lot of these indie bands that were coming out at that point were kind of getting. Um, coerced by the labels into just fitting a particular mould. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, And a lot of them did sound quite similar. Waistcoats, ties, yeah. trilby hats. There was, there was a certain type. Winkle picker there? shoes. Yeah. You know. I think they referenced the winkle pickers actually in the article. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, There's a certain type for sure. And for me, it defines the years that we went to Reading, 
there was obviously these bands were big on yeah, yeah. On, on the main stage and and the enemy stage as well. Uh, but also it was the soundtrack to things like Skins and the Inbetweeners. Yeah. And even like, it was the years that I was at university and they were the type of bands that would play the old fire station, which was our student union yeah, yeah, yeah. venue as well. Well, there's a band that could have been on the list who did play the old fire station. Who was that? Holloways. Ah, yeah. They're not on this, are no, they? But they, they are of that time as well. Um, so I set you the challenge that if this was actually a landfill, yeah. um, a bit like a backwards desert island disc, you can only save five songs from the 50. Uh, well, the, the, clearly, I've written more than five. Right, okay. You've got to go for five. And I've done my five. I want to see how similar they are because I think we'll probably have the same ones. All right. So going with it, um, like you said, the, the, it's almost got to be taken with a pinch of salt, the article headline. Um, so the first, one of the tracks I would like to save is Always Like This by Bombay Bicycle Club. Okay, I did see that they showed up on it and I thought you would probably go for that. And they, they reference in the article that um, this was a glimpse of what they could do. And it's like, have you not heard? <laughs> they probably haven't. <laughs> Some of it get me really annoyed. I was like, have you not heard every album by them? They're one of the most consistent UK bands going of the last two decades. Yeah. Every album is amazing. They've, 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 they're well-structured. They're well thought of. They put real care and attention into what they do. Leave, and, them, and leave vi- them alone. And what advice call them? A, a problematic flavour of Walker's sensations or something. <laughs> So yeah, I'll save that as one of mine. You? Cool. Uh, well, I've I've not written a lot of notes for each of these. Um, I've just I've just written my five. So I don't know. Do you want to continue on yours? Then I'll go for mine. Um, Apply some pressure by Maximo Park. Yep, that's on mine. Did you go for the other one as well? I did. So, so you're two, saving two, two of Maximo. my five are Maximo Park yeah, because for me, the, for me overall, thirty nine and twenty one. They were. Mm. I'd say overall that uh, Maximo were probably my favourite band of that era. Well, yeah, you know how much I love them. They were my favourite album of uh, debut album of the noughties. Um And then it got it started getting tough. Um, so in, in terms of first album, I don't particularly follow them now. But if you wanna buy the vaccines, which was, is a bit later, I think this might have been into the. It was, it was getting near the end, uh, near the end of, um, but I remember being at Reading Festival and watching the Offspring do a piss poor set on the main stage, and the vaccines were on on the enemy stage, and I left the Offspring wow. to go and watch them, and I was just blown away by the energy, and it, it a bit punky, very indie, but a bit punky in there, like you know, and just yeah, what a yeah, it was a great that first time was huge. Um, so I'll save that I think I will save that okay. I, know, I don't know really what they've done since I know they're around um, seen them at Brixton um, you know I paid good money to see them at Brixton yeah so I'm going to save that uh, what else did I say Don't Go Back to Dalston by Razorlight I think that's a great I don't, I don't think I know the song. I, can't, well, I couldn't. Match, it's a slower one. I couldn't match the song to the name, but I did laugh at the title because what the title was very of, of its time. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, very of its time. Like having a love yeah. song with a oh, don't go over there. You know, yeah, come a random uh, location in the title. And yeah, it, that's the chorus. You know, yeah. um, so I'll save that. And then what? The, and then so what's that? One, two, three, four. 
And then I've got to save she's attracted to yeah, by the young mine. knives. Yeah. Because that's such a fucking massive single. Like yeah. it's proper pacey. There's like different layers to that as a track. Like there's and there's a shouty bit, there's a, a banging chorus. Cause I didn't save our velocity, not because I, I paired Maximo no. as one. Okay. I saved them both as one because right. technically that would be five. That doesn't count. <laughs> well, you're saving it, so it's fine. Oh, okay. Um, but there's a couple which I haven't saved, which are heartbreaking. I could have done a top ten. Okay. Well, this is why I shortened it down to five because I knew it would be a challenge for you. Originally, it was going to be three. And then I look because I was like, "How many did they do on Desert Island Disc?" And I think well, it's you, eight. You, you do your top five. So my okay. five technically was Razorlight, Bombay Bicycle Club, The Vaccines, Maximo, Apply Some Pressure, and Young Knives. Okay, I've, I've gone both the Maximo, Young Knives, uh, and I, I could talk about Young Knives uh, all day, particularly that album and, and those songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but th- just the fact that it's pretty much just the same bass line that just runs through the whole of that track. And the lyrics are incredible. Like some, and I think they even referenced them in oh, the article. Oh, screw that you were talking to <laughs> Yeah, it was like <laughs> something he says. Like he said, I was a terrorist. Yeah. Was like, he incredible. said I was a terrorist. Um, Who yeah. are these people? These are too old to be your real parents. Deno, Deno. Incredible. I've met some um, bone idle people in the time, but they really take the biscuit. Deno. I wish I'd written Deno. out the lyrics. Bom, I could have done bom, the recital. It's such bom, a. Remember bom, that? Um, bom, and we've seen them live, haven't we? Yeah. In a, a very a random times. night of gigs. We yeah. did two different gigs in That's two right. different towns yeah. in the same night. Yeah. I've seen them once since um, on the. Ornaments from the Silver Arcade, one of their later albums, uh, which I I, I was stand that by that album. But they no uh, Fire Station, funny oh, enough. Right. So yeah, yeah, fits the bill. Um, right, so I've gone for that one. Uh, now this is not my favourite Grass Vegas tune. No, that's why I didn't but pick it. Daddy's gone. Now yeah. for me, I just don't think that was as strong a single as um, Geraldine or, or Flowers and Football Tops or no, any but, other. Um, Single from Daddy's that. Gone was the one they all sang with yeah. the festival song. Yeah, yeah. He's gone, he's that gone. That makes sense. You know. But I did like what they called them. They referred to them as dartboard indie. Um, <laughs> and they even likened it, they even likened this Las Vegas album to uh, Robbie Williams' Escapology era. Um, and I thought, well, bloody hell. And then I thought, actually, no, I think I did like his Escapology era. So that's some good tracks. Maybe, maybe that speaks volumes about me. Um, and I went for a really odd one for my my fifth one uh, i went for mumra uh she get she's got you high <laughs> i can't even remember what the fucking title was good track she's got you high it's that the one she's got you high <laughs> <laughs> or am i thinking of a different track there it's the one that's she's got you high and you don't even yes know yes yet. i do yeah, know it's, but i didn't really even match it to this era i know it from she, to be fair, isn't in between us, but it's in. Um, That's it. It's in Five Hundred Days of Summer as well. Yes, and I also know it from. Um, Christy had literally that one track on her iPhone. I think it's still on her iPhone. It gets moved from yeah. iPhone to iPhone. Well, it's a tune on the cloud. But yes, she's got you high. But I, I like that song almost in isolation. I like it. I don't really know anything about the band, uh, but I put a few honorable um, mentions. Honorable mentions. All right. that, I, I think all of these are controversial, but I think these are three songs that that can't be gone, right? And I could go further on this. Yeah. Uh, Hounds of Love. Well, 
Oh, oh it wouldn't be gone, would it? Because it's a cover. So. All right, okay, got you. All right, uh, Zootons Valerie, right? Yeah. Without Zootons Valerie, you don't get uh, Amy Whitehouse. Valerie. Valerie. Yeah. Um, a lot of people like that. So oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be taking it for me. I'd be taking it for all those poor bastards that, you know, and maybe you could go so far to say that people wouldn't appreciate how good Amy Winehouse was if she hadn't had that hit. That okay, got hit. yeah, I understand um, where you're right. coming from. Ordinary Boys. Uh, boys will be boys yeah love it I mean I, I could probably live without it in, in truth I like it I like some of their stuff but you wouldn't have the big brother uh, celebrity year with um, <laughs> uh, Chantel and, and Preston I, I think this is really, I think that album's really good I know you were a fan of it back in the day weren't you yeah, I, I um, think they've had some good hits over the years but uh, and you wouldn't have the Buzzcocks episode where uh, oh, he stormed no, off that was, that was these, a turning these, point for these me these are important cultural moments <laughs> well some of the ones that I've got one more. Can oh, I okay, one more? sorry. Uh, the number one spot, Chelsea Dagger, for Tellys. That that song cannot go. Like that is an important ah, that's in cultural my, song. I've got an area here where I think if we're doing it as an actual landfill, there's some songs that do deserve to be in there. So the ones that I would have possibly saved: Twenty Two Grand Job. Never heard the album, but love that song by the Rakes. Boys will be boys by the Ordinary Boys. Two Doors Down by Mystery Jets. I love that song. It's sort of, they went a bit 80s inspired pop with it. And it, it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, Daddy's Gone, Hands of Love and Our Velocity were my honourables. Oh, and possibly the Maccabees. But that isn't a track by the Maccabees that I particularly like. That was like mm. the big one. That's almost like Petticoat by 1975. Yeah. Where actually, if you listen to the rest of it, they've got so many better songs. <laughs> Which isn't called Petty Goat. What's it called? Chocolate. <laughs> Chocolate. Um, but we went over the Snow Patrol did a better version. Yeah. Um, I like both. But yeah. <laughs> There's a band that I like more out of those two. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so ones that I do think probably deserve their place in the aforementioned... Um, landfill. Landfill. The Enemy. The View. Oh, a lot of people like that enemy. Ow. They're wrong. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. My friend Gareth likes it, but he, what, what, but he is from Coventry. Was it so. you and I who stumbled across that main stage set just as they were starting that and went, ah, we never need to see them again? <laughs> that does ring bells. Yeah, I think we just got a chip, wrap, uh, chip baguette or something yeah. and we walked... Uh, anyway, The Sorry, View... Tom Clark. Not that Tom Clark. Um, the View. Nah. Pete Doherty in general. Uh, <laughs> the Wombats, however, they're not... Oh, but the, go back to Pete Dockey, uh Baby Shambles or whatever it is was yeah. on there, the Fuck Forever. I'd, I I never even heard that. But then I liked the um, Third Eye Blind uh, did a cover of it and I like that. Did they? I didn't know that it was... Honest to God, I, that one completely well, sailed me by. The original was shit. You'll, be, you'll, you'll vouch for this. I didn't listen to a lot of indie uh, No, in No, indie was more the thing I got labelled with. Um, <laughs> I did me indie dancing. Well, um, yeah. Uh, uh, the cr- partial to an indie Cindy. But, uh, <laughs> the Cribs, Man's Needs. See, I said to you, didn't I, before we started recording? He's got a weird voice. I said before we started recording that I actually want to listen to a playlist of all these songs because probably I do know most of them. I think you would. Pigeon Detectives, really weird there. They did romantic type, whereas if they chucked in I'm Not Sorry, that might have been an honourable mention for me because the first single was great. 
Jack Panate, they did, again, they didn't torn on the platform. They did his other track. Whereas the big one was him in the video with the massive uh, trainers on. Hmm. Um, because a lot of people started doing that. The skinny jeans and yeah, the massive, yeah. like, Nike trainers. He was, um, he was like, tipped to be Ed Sheeran, basically, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the uh, torn on the platform yeah. well, was the big one for him. But yet that wasn't the one they put on the list. Hmm. Um, Fratelli's... Fratelli's though, their whole career is based on that song. If yeah. you chuck that song in the bin, you're, you're taking their livelihood, man. Yeah, but they and then they really weird with the Fratelli's. They followed it up with that. It's a big, big city with the da 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 which was like a slow song as no. the second single. Don't it was know like, it. Confident. Don't know it. They've just done an anniversary tour, I think last year. That song and fifteen dirty, times. Dirty pretty things. Oh yeah. Carl Barrett. So you've got mm. Baby Shambles in there. Yeah, a lot of uh, And then the other one. And a, just all of anything to do with them, really. But no, it was an interesting article. I think we probably better put it in the uh, the show notes for people to have a look through themselves. But yeah, yeah, interesting list. But yeah, take it with a pinch of salt because they're actually being a bit tongue-in-cheek. They're being a bit vice. Yeah. With totally. it. Yeah. Um, but that was pretty much... All I had. Wow. Okay. Wow. Uh, I've got one thing. I've got one, okay, one, yeah, one, try. one last thing. So this is an article that I had for uh, us to talk about a while ago. It didn't get to it. Uh, this is this is actually from um, a little news outlet that you might have heard of called the BBC. Um, I've probably spent more time on the BBC I, website I think, this year. I think everyone's heard. Yeah. Of them. Good. Right. <laughs> um, they're not quite as big as Vice, but you uh, you may have heard of them. They're not your go-to source for music. But I wasn't there for music. I was there for my uh, daily briefing of news. Um, and I saw a headline that I thought, well, that's got open mics written all over it. Uh, it basically was, where's the effect of five things that songs got wrong? Thought, all right. Lovely. Right. Now, I, I don't know which order to go in on this because I don't know what's the top and what's the bottom, but I'll, I'll go in the order that I've put them on. So here we go. Right. So this is things in the lyrics mm-hmm. that, are, that are actually wrong. So um, The Lion Sleeps Tonight by The Tokens. Did you know that's what uh, the artist wants for that? I didn't. Um, right. From the Lion so, King, uh, I think part of it is in the Lion King, but it's it's been released as a, as a song um, independently of Lion oh, King. Okay, yeah. right, yeah. Okay, right. So this is what's wrong: lions are primarily nocturnal animals, <laughs> <laughs> so they don't sleep at night. Uh, they use the cover of darkness to hunt for prey. In fact, they do the opposite: they're up and about at night. Okay, uh, and also they don't live in the mighty jungle; they live in grasslands or savannas. Uh, sorry, this is BBC. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a slow news this year. This is what our taxpayers' money <laughs> and our TV licence money is paying for. That's correct. Right, next one. Busted, year 3000. Okay. okay. Uh, based on current life expectancy, I love that they work this out, a great-great-great-granddaughter might exist in the 24th century, uh, but the year 3000 seems unlikely. So... <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Wrong. I like right. that. You too. Pride in the name of love. Now, I didn't know. I actually learned something here. I did not know that this was about uh, Martin Luther King. Dr. Okay, Martin nor did Luther I. King. Uh, so it says in the song, uh, it's oh about his assassination. So it says in the song, early morning, April 4th, uh, April 4th, uh, shots ring out in the Memphis sky. Uh, it turns out the assassination actually took place in the evening and they wrote, just after 6pm. <laughs> ah, but... You think it's been a bit pedantic? Yeah. Or you think, yeah, you two have taken a bit of creative license there. Yeah, creative license you, there. You can't mess with uh, with historic facts. Well, they're not. 
I don't think... I was personally, when we were taught it at school about, you know, civil rights and all this, you two never came up. No, and, and times a day were neither here nor there. Listen to this. Oh, and by the way, after that, we're, listen, we're, we're going to listen to Phil Collins, who's telling you all about prostitutes. <laughs> right, you've got the last one's pedantic. Okay. Uh, journey, don't stop believing. No, uh, just well, hold s- on, what? On, let me have a guess at this. <laughs> I don't think you'll get it. Hold on. You can't hold on to a feeling. Mm, well, a feeling is a is a concept, isn't it? So, All right, uh, yeah, yeah. But no, uh, just a city boy born and raised in South Detroit. No such place exists. <laughs> <laughs> there is no South Detroit. No, but there will be a South of Detroit. Sure, but like North Dakota, there's there's no South Detroit. And to be fair, the the front man um, admitted that he got it wrong. It just sounded better for the lyrics for it to be uh, South Detroit. Oh, that's right. picky, Finally, they're really right. scraping the barrel, aren't they? Adele, hello. Right, so this is the lyrics. Oh, this, this would be one for your round. You'd love this, right? Here we go. Very uh, current with what's going on with Adele in the news. Yeah, but let's not go into that because that is weird. Uh, there's some <laughs> difference between us and a million miles, right? That's the lyric. Okay, now let's assume, and the BBC did this bit of investigation, so you know, no, no compromise on the journalism standards here. Uh, they found out she would have been in, in California, right? And I think actually it might even say in the song that she's in California. So um, the furthest place <laughs> <laughs> that you could be from California, uh, the furthest place would be St. Paul on the island of Reunion, a French territory in the Indian Ocean. Okay. So, so that's where her... Her partner A million is, miles? Yeah, no, well, no, not a million miles, right? <laughs> but that's what she says in the song. <laughs> uh, no, we, well, yeah, but that's only 11,500 miles away, okay? <laughs> Put that in the, the song, please. The, uh, the circumference of the planet itself is only 24,901 miles. So, perhaps the moon, right? So her lover could be on the moon. Okay. Uh, nope, that's only 240,000 uh, miles. She's okay? way out with her maths, isn't she? Yeah. The furthest man has ever been from California is 248,655 miles. Uh, and that was the crew of the Apollo 13 mission in 1970 when they went to the other side of the moon. Uh, so I looked this up as to who the crew was, uh, meaning she... So I did a little bit of further investigation here. She's either referring to Jim Lovell, <laughs> Fred Hayes or Jack Swigert. Um, uh, Jack died in 1982, uh, six years before Adele was born. <laughs> so it's got to be either Jim Lovell or Fred Hayes. There you go. And with that, where <laughs> where can they find you? <laughs> uh, you can find me at Liam Toms on Twitter and Instagram, and my website where I may be posting such articles as this in the future is liamtoms.com. How about you? I am at Run with Ed on Twitter or Instagram. And as always, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Two Track Mind Pod or on Facebook, Two Track Mind, and search out the Brain Trust because there's going to be lots more bonus content on there, and that will be the first place to get it. Thanks for listening. Good night. Good night.